Hi, welcome back to Something Private. This is a special episode. You guys can tell by the change in music, right? Ladies and gentlemen, turn it up, throw a little something like this, now drop the beat. You know the guys that run one of the OG hair removal parlors in Singapore, Strip? Well, they have another brand called Tulips, and they've invited us to join them on their little mission to teach you guys about your little sister. That's right, I'm talking about your vulva. We're clueless and a little embarrassed to talk about our vulvas, but we're so curious and we meddle with her all the time. Just think about all the hair removal hacks and cranberry juice tips all across social media. But caring for your vulvas is more than just an aesthetic conquest. She plays a big part in our overall health and well-being, so how do we keep our little sister well cared for? Join us as we voyage through the vulvas. With our friends at Tulips and Strip in a five-part mini-series every last Wednesday of the month. September is Sexual Health Month, and we thought who better to ask to celebrate taking back control of our health than Ease Healthcare. So before Ease, purchasing contraceptives could only be done through the prescription from a doctor, which meant long waiting times, expensive consultation fees, and even the unwanted judgment from doctors themselves. So on this episode, we have Guada from Ease, who's from Argentina, to share with us some of the cultural differences in talking about sexual and reproductive health back home as well as in Singapore, some of the common birth control options available and its side effects, as well as why discreet, affordable, and convenient access to birth control is a basic right. So uh, my name is Guada. I'm the co-founder of Ease. For those who don't know, Ease is a digital health startup that's focused on women's health. Uh, we offer sort of delivery of birth control, emergency contraception, at-home STI testing, sexual health consultations, and menstrual health consultations. So we're trying to make the whole sort of women's health experience a lot more convenient, accessible, and discreet. Before we carry on with today's episode, I'd like to thank our friends at Tulips and Strip for teaming up with us on a five-part special on Care. Strip, which is one of Singapore's OG hair removal parlors, and it's just a brand to lips which invented the world's first luxury intimate care range aims to provide solutions for women to feel more empowered in their own bodies so it's really interesting because I think when we first started something private and we we're looking for like people in the realm of like yeah. women's health and wellness right there was virtually nobody besides I think you guys and this other sexual education yeah. um, platform called uh, shy. Yeah. So it's yeah, really shy. cool because we've both kind of been in the space for quite a while yeah. and I think it was quite revolutionary on my end. I had never kind of seen a platform like this before. Mm. So tell me a bit more about how did you guys start even to think about, you know, mm. starting a platform like Ease. Yeah, I think Ease was very much inspired by our own sort of experiences accessing uh, sexual and reproductive health in Singapore. Um, both my partner and I had had sort of certain, had experienced certain barriers uh, to access that made us, you know, think of, of this idea. I think personally, as a birth control user, when I came to Singapore, I was having a lot of issues accessing birth control, mm. uh, whether it was because, you know, uh, like judgment from doctors uh, that I wasn't expecting or unwanted advice, um, but also just like the inconvenience of having to go down to the clinic like every month or every few months just to get a birth control refill. I thought it was quite an inconvenient uh, sort of process, right? So back then I started sort of dialogues and workshops at NUS and trying to understand a little bit more whether, you know, this was like culture, like shock, or was it like other Singaporean women also experiencing mm. these things? And so I found out that a lot of people were quite uh, concerned about how, you know, we talk about sexual and reproductive health in Singapore, how we access these services. Um, so that made me realize that, okay, there's a huge demand for this and there there is a gap that needs to be filled. From the start, we didn't want ease to be just a telemedicine platform. We wanted this to be, you know, 
a community space, a space to ask questions, a space to get information education. And so, yeah, I think we, we try to come up with a telemedicine platform that was a little bit more, you know, comprehensive and, and helpful in, in certain ways that, you know, could transform a person's life in, in how they access these things. Mm. I'm very curious to know yes. because I think not a lot of um, people in Singapore mm. or in like Southeast Asia often think about like sexual health. I yeah. think increasingly they are because you know like platforms are out there to give them information. Mm. But I think for you and I, like we kind of both started out cold. Yeah. So I, I, I'm curious to know like what inspired you to start being curious in this space, mm. you know? Yeah. That's a really good question. I think um, we were just sharing uh, before this about how my experiences in Argentina relate to back to Singapore, right? And I think even though we didn't have like the best sexual education possible, um, people were really curious and asking mm-hmm. questions from a very young age, I think. And I think our parents and our educators and people were very open to giving us information, guiding us through the process. I personally, for instance, in terms of contraception, I was having, you know, irregular periods. I was experiencing sort of really bad cramps and um, my mom was actually the one who was like, you know, why don't we speak to a gynecologist mm-hmm. and see, you know, what solutions are out there for you. So uh, that's when I started realizing like, oh, there's a whole journey of sexual reproductive health. We went down to, you know, the gynae and she talked about like sort of contraception, the mm-hmm. options I had available. Um, you know, she talked about a pap smear in the future and STI test, all these words that, you know, started coming up. And, mm-hmm. and so, how were you at the time? I was like 17. I was quite young. Yeah. And I mean, even at that point, it was just like to to sort of control my acting, control my, my, my periods. But um, later on, that conversation kind of naturally transcended into, you know, starting to be sexually active and asking mm. those questions that are a bit more sensitive. Right. But I think I was just a, I was quite curious from a young age to understand my body and my health. Uh, and I was lucky enough to have people around me to, you know, guide me through that. Mm. Yeah. I think this is kind of a point where I can kind of address like the stark differences in our culture because yeah. when I when I first got my period my mom used to tell me like oh some of the common things that you can mm. expect to have is like you would definitely get cramps and like it's just something that you have to live mm. with you know and I think other way until now I keep telling my mom oh I feel like there's something wrong with me because yeah. I'm, I'm like 25 right and my cramps sometimes are really really bad and mm. she's like but you know, it's just this is just part of being part like of a woman, life. yeah. <laughs> and she has never, I think, and it's not her fault. I think it's just like a, a cultural thing. Yeah. Like you, you experience pain, and you kind of just accept mm-hmm. that this is just what it is to be a woman. Yeah. You know, once a month, and I think that's very yeah. interesting in contrast to like what you experience. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, this made me think of. I mean, partly why we started started the menstrual health consultations was because I realized that a lot of my friends are experiencing like severe cramps, mm-hmm. right? And yes, severe cramps can be just, you know, a natural part of your period, but sometimes they might be tied to other conditions. You know, it is important to find out what's the root cause of these things, you know, and having someone to just talk to, you know, a Mm -hmm. professional who can guide you in that process, in that journey of finding out, I think it's super important and making that accessible is just key. If you don't have those support networks around you, like my mom who was like able to just, Mm. you know, take me to the Mm -hmm. (laughs) guiding. I think the other thing that is also quite apparent, I think in talking to like friends, um, in Singapore, it's also a lot of them don't have very good experiences going to doctors. Or you often hear like when they go to like their family GPs, which yeah. are general practitioners, right? Um, when they want to ask for like birth control, mm. it's often equals to like family planning, right? Yeah. There's no birth control as a 
method to regulate like your hormones mm. or like to, to treat like other underlying conditions yeah. and like issues that a woman might have. I think uh, something that surprised me uh, when we started Eat is that we started getting a lot of um, messages on Instagram from people just sharing their experiences and, mm. experiences and asking if they could like, we could share them publicly as well anonymously, of course. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the same story over and over, right? People going down to a clinic facing a doctor who, you know, might not be very aware of birth control, giving, you know, uh, not interested in maybe educating you or uh, providing you with the tools to make an informed decision and sort of like feeling really lost in mm. the whole process. Like the, there is a huge stigma surrounding these issues. I mean, you can't expect all doctors to know every single part of medicine, right? So, mm. and birth control is it's sexual and reproductive health is not, you know, some doctors might not be experiencing that. And that's fine, right? But the the thing is that they might not be providing you with the information you need to mm. to make a, a decision for yourself, right? And that's that's really important, and it's something that we're trying to change. Mm. I'm curious to know when you came to Singapore to, um, or like when you had to change mm. your doctors here, like to see a guy need to get like the birth control refills, right? Were there any like judgments? Mm. Or, like, were there I think experience, yeah, two different sort of like uh, weird situations. The first one was uh, when I came here, I had to change my brand because the brand was not available. And I explained very clearly to the doctor that I wanted to stay on the same hormonal composition that I was taking. Mm. And I mean, all brands have the same hormones, but different uh, dosage levels, right? Mm. So that would, to me was really important. And I explicitly said that in the consultation. When I paid for the pills, took them home, I realized that the 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 dosage was completely different. Mm. It was the same hormones, but just different. And and that got me really upset because I, later on, I started using them, experienced side effects, like something that I wasn't expecting because I would have been on them for like three years already, mm. right? So so that was the first sort of experience that was more on the, the the lack of education from the doctor and like explaining me, you know, what I was taking, you know, what why it had changed. And the second experience was when um, I missed the pill, so I went very <laughs> diligently down to the doctor to, to get an emergency contraception. And basically, I stayed in the clinic for like three, four hours. It was a really long queue. Um, and when I came in, it was a male doctor. And basically, he was like, the moment I said emergency contraception, he literally looked down. Like, and I was like, okay, that's kind of awkward, but... Sure. And he was like, you know, like, you need to take care of yourself. Like, why are you in this situation? And I explained, like, I missed the pill. I'm being extra cautious. Like, I I want to take care of this myself, right? And he was super judgy, like, just not, like, giving me all this unwanted advice, as I mentioned before. And the worst part is that I asked for a doctor's note or something that proved that I had been in the hospital, in the clinic for, for three, four hours. And he was like, no, like, you're not sick. Like, I'm not going to you know, um, basically giving you note to, mm. to cover you for this. You know, you should have taken care of yourself. And I literally, I remember that phrase, you should have taken care of yourself so much because it really made a huge impact on how I saw these things, you know. And I felt really ashamed for mm. for, for making that decision, which I shouldn't have. Mm, um, mm. It's ironic, right? It's like, yeah. you are the yeah. one that's taking care of yourself. That's why you are here. Yeah, exactly. And yet you were misjudged. Just, yeah, yeah, I know. I think that was like a huge like uh, moment for me and that's where all the workshops and dialogues came from because I was like, it can't just be me that is experiencing mm. this, right? And I, I didn't think that that was an appropriate comment to mm, make. Mm. So I was like, you know, are there other women here experiencing the same? And mm. yeah, we turn, it turned out to be, to be correct. What are some of the common like birth control options out there mm -hmm. as well as like what other common negative and positive like side effects? Mm, yeah, so I think... Um, 
there's so many options like honestly at the moment both uh, sort of hormonal non-hormonal mm. um, there is you know the pill the patch the ring the implant the shot uh, the IUD uh, the list goes on um, which are hormonal uh, which are hormonal well the IUD is the only one that's like sort of non-hormonal yeah. um, I think in terms of side effects of course they're always tied back to the hormones in, in the the contraceptive method you choose um, all most of the contraceptive methods out there have both uh, two types of hormones, right? Estrogen and progesterone. And in, they provide that those hormones in different levels, basically. Mm -hmm. So how your body reacts to, you know, those hormones is based on like those levels as well as like how your body receives that. And usually it takes two to three months, you know, um, to, for your body to adapt to it. Um, some side effects, you know, that people might experience during this sort of uh, two to three months is um, maybe headaches, some changes in your period. So it might come a bit earlier or later than expected. You might maybe bleed between periods. Mm. Another one might be like nausea, mood swings maybe. Mm. It really depends on like how you react to the hormonal contraceptive method that you're using. In terms of benefits, um, you know, there's um, acne sort of prevention. There is um, sort of like, re like it reduces your cramps, like mm. your periods are a lot lighter. Um, it regulates your periods to 28 days. So, you know, some people might have their periods once every few months. So it will regulate it to 28 day cycles. Um, so, yeah, there's both, you know, like side effects that, I mean, fortunately, as I mentioned before, like, uh, because of how much the, these methods have evolved, they're, they are really temporary and they should go away. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, it's fine to change methods or to change brands mm -hmm. and see which one works best for you. I want to know for you personally, like how has birth control, like taking birth control like, benefited <laughs> your life? So I started birth control, yeah, when I was 17. Mm. Um, back then, it was mostly because I was having irregular periods and really bad cramps. And as mentioned, like I went down to the gang and they mentioned that it was a... Uh, a good choice for me to to stop the, that pain um later on of course like it was for pregnancy prevention um right now i'm using it kind of to control my acne breakouts and it's working really well um my i also <laughs> thanks um i had really bad acne before you know yeah <laughs> and i guess yeah it's it's for me birth control is like it's being in control of all these aspects of my health i also keep my periods with birth control and that has mean meant for me that you know every month I don't have to skip work because mm. I can't move you know I don't have very heavy bleeding it means I don't have cramps uh, so it has been extremely transformative in my life and of course I, I I am an advocate for birth control but I'm also not like pushing it onto other people I think there's so many other contraceptive methods out there so it's about just choosing what works best for you but mm. for me it has been really like life-changing and it has made me just felt like really in control and the few times where my brand was out of stock I literally freaked out because to me it's basic healthcare mm. at this point mm. so I want to touch I want to ask a bit about like the periods thing like yes. do you not feel like it's a bit unnatural that, that's a, a very very fair question I think um so I, I had done my research before I started and I consulted three different gynees to understand. And in fact, actually, I found out just because the first gynee I went to, she was like, oh, like you're experiencing all these bad cramps, blah, blah, blah. I was already on birth control, but my cramps were still a bit bad. And she was like, why don't you just keep your periods entirely? And mm. I was like, you can do that? Like, how? Mm. And she was like, yeah, you just, you know, in this case, you just take birth control back to back instead of having a break. So the break triggers or the placebo pills triggers a period. So I'm just not taking any breaks. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's not a natural at all. Mm. Um, in fact, okay, this is kind of like a crazy <laughs> fact, but the period that you get during birth control is technically, technically not your period, right? Because yeah. you're not ovulating, right? 
Um, so it's sort of a period that gets triggered by the hormones in birth control. Yep. So you can skip that period entirely because technically you're not on your period. <laughs> it's a lot of information. I think it's, um, I mean, again, it's important to consult your doctor, mm. figure out whether that's something that, that goes suits you. suits you, that it's, you know, good for you, you and your health and your mental health as well. You know, mm. like you know, having a period sometimes might make people uh, feel a bit uncomfortable and that's fine, right? Um, for me, it has changed my life completely and mm. I'm really happy about it. And of course, I continuously go to the guy to do checks and everything seems to be fine. So, mm -hmm. And there's a lot of scientific evidence mm. to, to prove that it's fine. Yeah. I sigh because like my period, I, I, I always feel super incapacitated by my period yeah, when it comes same. in. I'm just so, it's frustrating. I hate it. And it I think is. like it's always been a, at the back of my mind. It's like, how have humans evolved so far, yet we still haven't figured out a way for periods to not be like mm. inconvenient. Mm. And every once a month, I'm just like, ah, I can't do this, yeah. you know, and it's lame. Yeah. It's a lame look and I don't like it. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I mean, I think there are some brands out there, out there, you know, trying out like sort of period sort of technology, like mm. panties and stuff like that, that like help, you know, but make... Still the whole experience a bit more comfortable but I mean personally I prefer just not to have it mm -hmm. just to add on to that conversation I, I do feel like in my whole like period journey like it's been exactly like you said like it's been quite interesting also because like there are so many like different options available out there mm -hmm. for you and for me personally I've tried like the cup I've tried yeah. like tampons I've tried like the disc yeah. and it's really a matter of like I guess like trying to just figure out like what works best for you and really yeah. just being in touch with yourself to know like what works yeah. and with that I shall go and take birth control <laughs> <laughs> we're taking a short break Something Private is a podcast produced under local media publisher Our Grandfather Story this episode was made in collaboration with our friends and VavaCare experts Strip and Two Lips if you're someone who takes birth control you might either be extremely lucky and glowing from the hormone boost or not so lucky like the rest of us and sometimes on bad days struggle with conditions like dry skin but life's not all that hard. Our friends at Tulips have a product that might just work for you. Rinse is a gentle yet hard-working cleanser that effectively removes any buildup of grime and dead skin without stripping away the skin's natural goodness. Infused with the moisturizing saccharide isomerate and gently exfoliating lactic acid, it leaves your skin feeling smooth and moisturized. All of Tulips' products are gyne and dumb tested which means not only does it work well for more sensitive areas like your vulva, you can apply it anywhere on your body too. Check out tulips.vip to find out more. Now back to the episode. I think prior to starting the podcast, my impressions of birth control were quite, I would say, warped. Like yeah. I mentioned just now, birth control pills and like hormonal contraceptives equates to sexual activity. Yeah, yeah. I used to assume that like taking birth control is a way of pregnancy prevention. Mm. And I used to think, why is it that like a woman has to put herself through all these mm. hormonal changes just so that a guy can, you know, not wear a condom? Like why do we have mm. to suffer the consequences of or the burdens of like contraceptives mm. and our male partners get off scot-free, yeah. right? And I think the question is then how did you guys kind of tackle that question and then mm. convince some of the women in our population that, hey, you know, it's not just about yeah. contraceptives, right? I mean, birth control, I think, means something very different to different women, right? Uh, some people are taking it for sort of pregnancy prevention. Other people are taking it because 
they have, say, endometriosis and they're controlling some of the you know, sort of symptoms of endo with birth control. Uh, other people are using it for, for say, acne sort of prevention, and that's completely fine as well. I, unfortunately, the word birth control, the, the term birth control contains um, sort of the, the idea of birth in, inside it, and I think that's where a lot of the misconception comes from. We're trying to change the, the, the conversation into sort of, you know, find out what works for you, what you need, uh, mm. how it can help you, you know, in your, on a personal basis. I think it's becoming more and more of like an empowering tool for women, I think, mm. to, to take back control of their health, um, to take back control of their sexual sort of life as well to be able to say you know like sure let's use condoms but I also feel very secure about the fact that I'm using my own kind of protection you know it's important for women to 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 be able to make that decision figure out what they need it for figure out if it's the the, the right fit for them as well mm. and you know use it for their advantage one thing that I'm also a bit struggling to get over or like mm. wrap my head around is that like why do, do we have to be the ones that go through like the trial and error you know mm. to see that you know something works for us i mean there is i think a lot of uh questions surrounding why is there no like hormonal male contraceptive mm. uh, and i think that's a really interesting question and i'm hoping that in the next couple of years you know we will have the same kind of choices mm. uh both hormonal and non-hormonal for women who you know might not i mean iud's are can be non-hormonal but mm. For men also to take that burden as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess vasectomy, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very um, but I think uh, we're lucky as well that I think the pill has evolved so much from mm. like the beginning, right? Like the side effects that uh, birth control had like 15 years ago is completely different to now, right? And we're lucky that the side effects are really temporary. There's more education around them that we know exactly what to expect, you know? Mm. So um, yeah, at least that gives us like a bit more information to make a decision that that suits us, right? Mm -hmm. Tell me a bit about how this whole realm of like telehealthcare works because Mm -hmm. I think it's not super new in that like telehealthcare is something that Mm. um, more startups are looking into yeah. now like you know you can just like call yeah. a doctor and then they give you like medicine right but I think for sexual health it's quite new and yeah. you guys are probably the first in yeah. Singapore so tell me a bit about how the process for ease mm. works so for ease um, how it works is you fill up a, a very short health questionnaire in which you share a little bit about your health history and your preferences then you have a short five to ten minutes consultation with a doctor and then the doctor sort of advises you on you know the options of birth control available um, and what might work best for you according to your health history and preferences and then we send the birth control to your house so it's literally just a four-step process that takes like around like five to 15 minutes and then the delivery is within four hours so it's really fast and I think what's it's interesting you brought up that telemedicine is true that it has been in Singapore for quite a long time and there were sort of providers providing sort of birth control before as well but I think what we noticed is that a lot of times uh, the, those providers are providing a service, right? A, a very practical sort of convenient service. But I think we wanted to make it not just a platform to access these things conveniently, mm. but also where you ask questions, where you get information, when mm. you, where you chat with our women who are experiencing the same things, right? Um, so like a more sort of, sort of an ecosystem for women's health rather than just, you know, here's your pills and mm. you can go. <laughs> mm. And I do... I mean, I love it. Like, I, 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 that's definitely the vibe I get from like your social media platform as well. I feel like my needs are being placed first. Like, even though I've, ne- I've never gone through your service yet, and after this, I will. <laughs> but I do, I do get that like idea of like the community mm. and the space that you guys are trying to create. What are some of the differences that you're trying to 
or like how you're differentiating yourselves from mm. like going to like a physical clinic for example mm, yeah so i think um the physical clinic i mean it's a little bit more inconvenient i would say just mm. because you have to usually book an appointment in advance go down to the clinic uh pay for the sort of a trip there and back and back and you know some people might not have time off work mm. you know too or they don't want to get leave they just for for birth control right so i think we're making it a bit more more comfortable i think in terms of cost with having doctors on telemedicine that's a little mm. bit more affordable um making you know the medication also like um affordable as well so yeah i would say those two things and i think lastly it's just like the discreetness of it all right like you don't have to walk down a sexual health clinic and mm. ask for an sti test or ask for birth control right you can just get it online from the comfort of your couch like mm. Um, and I think that's that's really powerful for a lot of women because it feels like okay it's just a tiny part of my day you know it doesn't consume like my my emotional energy mm. my mental energy I can just like buy it in 15 minutes and that's it correct the walk of shame I guess yeah or, yeah like, discomfort and, to the clinic yeah and I think a lot of people do feel uncomfortable you know because you're queuing up with with um, other people around you you know the pharmacist might be like birth control you know? that is true <laughs> like, it is true um, and and for people who feel a little bit more more sensitive about those things it is important to to have that privacy right mm. Um, mm. I just want to share a story about it's not really birth control but like recently I had like a bacterial infection yeah. and then I went to a polyclinic and then when I collected my medicine it was this like old uncle was giving me a medicine and he was just like this is how you apply it okay and I'm like ah. yeah. I feel so bad for you yeah, yeah, yeah. and embarrassed laugh yeah. it's so embarrassing yeah, but anyway um, so I, I understand that you mentioned that you guys provide besides like birth control options that you provide STI testing, testing. Yeah. what are some of the options available in terms mm. of like birth control and then what are the common things that like the individuals that come to yeah. ease what do they look for yeah so in terms of birth control we offer um, birth control pills mm. birth control patches and we offer also emergency contraception um like plan b plan b yeah mm. um so that's delivered within four hours which means that you know you can mm. take it as soon as you can we offer at home sti testing so that means that you can basically take the test from home mm. and you can test for HIV, gonorrhea, chlamydia, basically all the the, illness, the yeah the infections. I mean, apart from that, we also offer bacterial vaginosis, yeast infection treatment, stuff like mm. that, um, and also menstrual health uh, consults. But I would say that I think most people come to us for birth control um, mm. and for STI testing. I think mm. for the other kinds of conditions, there is still quite a lot of education to do. You know, like what a strange is sort of like um, a strange like this church looks like. Is it like uncommon? Like mm. should you look? for help like I think we're still trying to you know create content and inform people on when they should seek help share with me a bit, bit about like your experiences with some of the customers mm-hmm. that you guys have because like, you mentioned that you are quite into building a community yeah. so what are some of the things that they've shared with you what are some like memorable yeah. experiences so I think literally like every single week since we started East we get like people just sharing their stories on Instagram DM, like DMs um, which I really appreciate because it creates that like, very interesting discussion with mm. you know what does the user want like what do they need like how can we help like what are their concerns? And I am really involved in the process of trying to understand that user experience. I think, uh, as mentioned, I think people always bring up like sort of the the inconvenience factor, you know, like how it was before and how we're solving that issue, the stigma factor, mm. the affordability issue, and just yeah, I think it's it's just interesting to hear like these these experiences and and how they tie back to those workshops that I was hosting back at NUS. Like, it feels like it, the situation has continued to progress throughout the years, right? It doesn't, these kinds of issues still are, are a big thing. 
Um, I had a really memorable experience just like literally like last week. I signed up for this like hockey club. Um, there was like 20 women and they were like, oh, what do you do? And I was like, oh, yeah, I work at, I have this startup called East. And they're like, oh, East, yeah, of course. Like everyone knew about East. Some people had used it. Some other people had recommended it to friends. And it was the first time that I realized like, wow, like mm -hmm. we are that top of mind brand when it comes to women's health. And that's super powerful, right? Because it means that whenever these women have any issue, like they just like contact ease and we're there for them. And it felt really like just like heartwarming to know that we're making that change and, and to see that it's such a massive change that strangers that I've never met in my life are, are aware of what we're doing and are super supportive. So mm. yeah, super, just a really nice journey so mm. far. Love it. I think that it's very nice to see the conversation around like taking care of your health and like yeah. feminine health and stuff. We are quite ready to have it as a society. It's about like providing the community like these resources right and spaces mm -hmm. to figure out how they can better live their lives yeah exactly yeah interesting interesting let's talk a bit about the fact that i guess for a lot of like brands out there and for a very long time i think like a lot of um businesses were built with men in mind or mm. like i mean there's, there's a there's a saying right that it's, yeah. a, it's a man's world and then a lot of times like how things have been marketed to women in the past mm. were very capitalizing on like their insecurities mm. and like putting women down yeah making them feel bad but i think for a lot of the new brands like two lips straight yeah. ease i think a lot of you guys have come very far from there in yeah. that we now put like women at the forefront of um the conversation mm. we put the needs of like women first i think my question is for you guys why is that important and like how are you guys going to continue doing mm. that yeah i mean i think that like platforms like as you mentioned ease like uh, two lips strip we are all creating sort of a lot of um information for for people to be able to take back control take control for their health their wellness or sort of their their bodies right i think at ease in particular we we produce a lot of educational content mm. on social media and i think that has been super key for us right because people feel like if they're not looking for birth control at least they can come up to for to ease for for information mm -hmm. right yeah and and so i think it's it's become like sort of that friend that you can always like count on when you have a question or or something that you you need to ask advice on um and i think it's important that we create more of these educational spaces create more of community spaces as well because mm. they they help raise awareness they help create conversations and i think the more we talk about these things the more we naturalize you know the idea of taking back control over mm. your health body wellness right mm. um and it's been i really i think really powerful to see the effect of that like when we used to have these community questions on sundays on instagram and we used to get like two to three hundred like responses like non-stop and I mean, they were anonymous stories, so we would just reshare them and, and people kept, you know, reacting to them and interacting with them anonymously. And that's when we realized, like, wow, there's a lot of people who want to talk about these things. They just want to, you know, ask questions, like resonate with other people's experiences um, in, a, in a safe space that, you know, that uh, sort of keeps their, their information private and stuff, right? Mm. And at that point, we were really curious ourselves because even though we had sort of anecdotal evidence of uh from my friends from my workshops and stuff like that um we wanted to see if the larger public agreed with us or not and i remember very vividly it was like two to three hundred answers and we actually run like a test of like negative words um, and positive words in the answers that we got and literally like 95 percent of the answers were like negative experiences mm. and and that was really shocking to see and i think uh, a lot of people were resharing these stories as well because they were like well like ease is creating you know these very important discussions in Singapore that no no one is having, 
And and yeah, it was uh, I, those stories were really powerful every Sunday. And uh, we've asked also like, what has your experience with sex education been like? Like, mm. um, like what has your you know menstrual health like journey been like? Stuff like that, uh, and getting answers from the public. Yeah. Mm, mm, cool. So, I guess my final question to to round up the conversation, right, is why do you think sexual and reproductive health is an important thing that our society needs to have more conversations on. Knowledge gives us, you know, the the tools we need to make informed decisions about things in our life and mm. about our health, our wellness. Um, I think it's important that uh, we get this information to be able to decide for ourselves, for our partners, like, or to be able to, you know, have those conversations with our partners, to be able to pass on that knowledge to other women who mm. might, you know, not have access to the resources we have. Um, I think um, it allows us to just feel in control. It, f- it allows us to just uh, feel at ease, literally, like just with you know what uh, we're deciding for ourselves. I mm. think, and then I think that's such a powerful uh, tool to have. And I think that sexual reproductive health is part of your overall health, right? And I think uh, with you know the whole COVID thing happening in the past like year or so. I think people are starting to become even more aware about, mm. you know, their health and I think also more aware of their sort of wellness as a whole, right? I think that it's it's interesting that you mentioned that, you know, like knowledge is important to pass on to one another because I think prior to being involved in like the women's health space also, if I wanted to find out information about like women's health, it would be in a very like Western kind of yeah. Yeah. context and it's really nice to see all the different platforms springing up with like information about how to care about like your vulva how to mm-hmm. care about your skin how to care about like your sexual yeah. health and I think we've been driving home the point for quite long that your sexual health and your reproductive health is equivalent to yeah. your health right and I think you have to be well read about like these areas and you have to be accountable not to yourself not mm-hmm. only to yourself but like to the people around you mm-hmm. that you love and that you have a choice yeah absolutely. right with the content that we're putting out, we're trying to uh, push that idea of, you know, my body, my choice, and being able to, you know, make decisions for yourself, right? Mm. Whether that it's relating to your health, your wellness, and whatever, you know, that um, sort of choice and sort of like process of self-care looks like for you, um, you know, we, we're super supportive of that. And I think that's a message that we're trying to convey in all the materials that we're putting out, right? Mm. Like whether self-care looks like, for instance, birth control, like for me, mm. um, or, you know, like uh, vulva care or, you know, menstrual, you know, period products that, you know, might help your period mm. be better. Like I think there's so many ways that you can make choices for yourself that make you that make you feel better and make you sort of feel more empowered. Mm, um, putting yourself at the forefront. Yeah, exactly. Things, right? Yeah. Mm. I think it's, you, you said it quite well. Like, it's a very exciting time. Yeah. And like, it's great that like, we have so many options and like, we can put ourselves, yeah. you know, first. So, yeah, exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot, Gada. Thanks. Thanks, Ingo. <laughs>